Another week, another installment of Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. I'm back. My name is Gareth Wheeler alongside my main man, Terry Dunfield. Jerome hanging out as well, and he did a great job last week on Come On You Reds while I was on vacation. Shoutouts to Jerome, eh? Yes, Jerome. Class. Thank you. Thank- I tried. I tried out here. It was never in doubt. <laughs> Jerome, by the way, if, if you're not familiar with J-Rome, he's basically taking <laughs> over Toronto FC coverage. He is the main man. He's doing great work behind the scenes. And he adds a little something to the pot every week as well. So shout out to Jerome. He's our team MVP this year. Did Terry. you see the TFC social media content yesterday as well? Uh, uh, yesterday? First day back at oh, school. Right. Oh, that was great. Shout yeah. out to Eric and Shane putting that together. They did such a great job with it. So, what's your nickname going back to school? Were you on that? I guess you weren't on that poster. Just power. Power and power, size. Power. Power. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Learning to read and write better every day. Terry Dunfield. <laughs> uh, on, on this week's podcast, we'll reflect upon last week's 1-1 draw uh, at New England. We'll look ahead to this weekend in Cincinnati. The Canadian men's national team is in town as well. A dumpster, a waste bin, a special high five where really Terry and I bear it all um, we're keeping our clothes on <laughs> that'll be a teaser we're bearing it all uh, putting it all out there for you the loyal listener so plenty to get into um, this week and we might as well get jump right into it Terry the 1-1 draw last week which coming out of the game kind of had the vibe of a loss didn't it just because of the way that it played out it was a scrappy first half tfc then gained control took the one nothing lead through nicholas benazay his first goal with the team wonderful build up on the goal as well and just giving up that softy late just there's no other way of putting it a mistake by quentin westberg um gifted the revolution a goal and a 1-1 draw which on the surface isn't a bad result but the fact that three points were there to be had that's why it felt like a loss yeah you're so close to those three points also chances created tfc carved out three or four good opportunities as well on, on the back of the away goal they scored and i think that the mood or the air in the changing room post game initially would have been that of frustration felt sorry for themselves a little bit you know I think Quinton Westbrook holds his hand up and says look that's a save I've got to make and uh, after he does that I think it's important that the players put an arm around him and he's been he's been for the most part pretty solid this season but uh, I think kind of once the dust settles and you get back to the hotel having your post game team meal the spirit would have been pretty good because again it was another solid performance TFC are stringing together good performances right now and I think although it's only one win in the last nine and in, in, in MLS it's been TFC have been in control and, and the performances probably haven't matched a result but over a period of time if you keep playing this way the results are going to turn it's it's so harsh on Westberg um, a player uh, who's been very good in the season. He made a great save a few moments earlier on Carlos Hill, who was like in all alone. Um, and getting to know the guy a little bit around uh, around the training ground at games, I think he's a mentally strong character. Like, And he's a good character to be around this team. He's experienced. He's 33 years of age. He's seen that before. And that's the thing with goalkeepers, Terry. We, we can talk about it all day, every mistake that a goalkeeper makes. But... 
where the spotlight doesn't shine on after the game is the number of missed chances in front of goal. Toronto FC could have put away that game early, but it's always when the mistake is made by the goalkeeper, it looms so much larger. And you've probably been there before where, where, the, where the goalkeeper gaffe costs a team. Look at Liverpool in the Champions League. Like, there are so many cases we can go through on big stages where a goalkeeper makes a mistake and it's obviously blown up because... That's the one. There's, there's only one goalkeeper, and they only have one job to keep it out. Yeah, the big one for me was Paul Robinson for England when he gets oh. picked ahead of David James, and he's supposed to be Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent. Uh, has a World beast. Cup? Yeah, I think it was against the U.S. and through the legs. Yeah, and and and, and these things happen, and uh, I mean we can get right into it now. Where where I'm a little bit concerned for him. It, in my opinion, I think he could do a little bit better on the two goals against the Columbus Crew, the one from distance against Borean. Uh, and now, for sure, this one uh, is a difficult one. And I think now, uh, although Bono's form wasn't magnificent at the start of the season, he was pretty solid, especially in the away performance against Ottawa. It, it's now a conversation Greg has to have with his technical staff uh, and, and head goalkeeping coach John Conway is, is what's next now? Is, uh, I agree i think the mindset of quinton westberg is is strong enough to to, to overcome this though looking at his cv is he's, he's been a perennial number two he had, he's played just over 100 games he's 33 um and this really is his big opportunity and and if he nails this season you know he could play in the mls for the next two three years but at what point do you say look the last four goals haven't been great uh, and we now need a change, and, 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 and a change would mean maybe a change in philosophy a little bit. You've seen TFC play out of the back a lot under him. So th- that's just it. I'm really glad you brought that up. Q, by the way, speaking to him yesterday, he said, look, my hand's up. Like, there's no excuses for that. So. And, and one, just quickly on that, it's very difficult for a professional player to do it. Right. To, to, you're hurting for the team. Uh, you know you've made a mistake. The boys put an absolute shift in to take three points in New England. It's really difficult in a, in a real alpha me- uh, alpha male environment in that changing room and even to, to, to the media to go, you know what? I made a mistake there. And and there yeah. and a lot of the time there's consequences that go with that. And that's just a sign of his character to say, you know what? I'm going to get past this. It's better we get this out in the air and now I'm going to have a, a, a good week on the training Steve ground. Steve Buffery, the Toronto Sun, asked him, like, was it the turf? Did it skip? He's like, no. It's just, I, I need to make that save. But speaking to Greg Vanny, this is the interesting thing. It was featured in my tr- TFC Insider. He said he's not planning on making a change as as of right now because the change isn't black and white. It's more complicated than that because there are two goalkeepers with very different skill sets. One in Westberg where the center backs actually use him to start attacks. So they play the ball back to Q and allow him to make decisions, play it to the, to the fullbacks, play it over the top. He's very good with the ball at his feet. And I think that Greg Vanny loves that about his goalkeeper. He believes that is the modern day goalkeeper. Well, he acknowledges that Bono's still gonna be the goalkeeper for the Canadian Championship games, that his skill set is much different than Westberg. So that's the great debate here, Terry. I think that Vanny overall is happy with the style of play now that his team is playing and some of the steps that they've taken in the right direction. And I just don't think that he is willing to switch things up in terms of the way the team builds out of the back to compensate for Alex Bono, who isn't as proficient as Westberg at, 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 at doing so. So that's that's the decision, right? And, and it sounds like he, as of right now, things can change, right? 
But as of right now, he's going to roll with Westbrook. Yeah, it's uh, and and I thought Westbrook uh, added another layer to to TFC's attack against New England. New England pressed extremely high. Westbrook, whether it was skipping lines, playing it to Auro, whether it was uh, split passes, whether it was the detail and the weight of his pass to the center backs to help us p- to, to play out, he it was phenomenal. And 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 he definitely, I don't think anyone will question, including Alex Bono, that. Westberg is very he's like an 11th outfield player back there he's very comfortable in possession but what I'd say is what Alex Bono brings what his skill set is is he can win you a game he can make a save his ceiling uh, when it comes to shot stopping when it comes for coming for crosses whether it's protecting the space in behind might be just a little bit ahead of where Westberg is and 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 then I think that goes to profile I think he's a very aggressive goalkeeper yep. um, and the, the downside to it is is Alex Bono's form wasn't great uh, and you know there's still potential he's a young goalkeeper that now he's thrown back in the firing line that you know maybe he hasn't quite quite and gotten over that blip but if you look at World Cup winners right uh, in the last four years Germany Neuer Buffon Italy uh France this year, the goalkeeper uh, for Tottenham. Yeah, which 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 would be the exception with Hugo Lloris because because he's he's actually um, part of his play is he does make mistakes. Yes, but what I would say is is to win a championship. I think, and not to use a hockey reference, but I'm going to to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have a goalkeeper on fire. You have to have a goalkeeper in form. And if you go through the list of previous World Cup winners or cup competitions, Alex Bono when TFC uh, won the MLS Cup, that save he made off Bradley Wright Phillips in the semifinal, you need a goalkeeper that can win you a competition. And I not, I'm not 100% convinced that Westberg can hit the highs uh, or the ceiling that Alex Bono can get it, to. And an this is why I would go right now. I would have done it a couple games. Games ago, if I'm honest, I would have put Alex Bono in. Uh, it's it, it, and Terry. I think a lot of our listeners will absolutely agree with you. A hundred percent agree with you. I just don't know if that that position in this league is that important. Honest, Brad Guzan last year. I mean, come on. I just I I look at MLS as being a league where sometimes you can get away with not having the top 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 goalkeeper playing for you would, would you consider stefan fry a top 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 goalkeeper i mean he made a top top save against toronto <laughs> fc i'd say i just i i'd say it has evolved into one I I, uh, I wouldn't have said that when he was at Toronto FC. He was a top goalkeeper in the league. I'd say he's top five now for yeah. sure. And, and I and I, and the other thing I'd say is is if you look at their salaries, that this comes into it too. Alex Bono is the future of Toronto FC, right. or he's an asset that TFC are looking to move on in the summer. But I think Alex Bono at some point. Uh, deserves another opportunity, and and all he can do is like like Quinton Westbrook this week is train really hard, uh, and, and if that opportunity does come your way, be ready. And I just I just think he can make a save that Westbrook can't. It's in, like it's going to be a risk either way, right? Like there, there's and I'd be- sacrifice that little bit of quality playing out of the back. I think a lot of teams anyway sit off of TFC, where TFC are setting up their attacks through through their back line anyway. Right. Uh, I think it's, a, it's I, an interesting I, conversation. I, I, I have the mind, I, I'm of the mindset that Vanny, as of last season, and we saw, we saw a mistake very much 
like the one that we saw from Westburg in New England last year. I, it was right at the beginning of July, a home game. It was so hot against the New York Red Bulls. Kamar Lawrence put one right through Alex Bono, and TFC lost that game one nothing. They couldn't dig themselves out of that hole. There's sensational misses. Javinko missed a penalty, I believe, that day. Had a couple sensational misses. No one talks about that. You'll talk about the goalkeeping. But, but you look at Greg's post-game conference uh, in after New England. He said, "Look, I need to treat Quinton Westburg like any player, yep. like a player missing opportunities in front of goal, giving the ball away in midfield." Well, you know, it's been three games now the last four goals well I, I i think he needs to look at it and yes you miss a, you lose a little bit of experience as well but i i and i get greg's big picture right i don't want to change my yep. identity in the way we're playing right now because the team is playing well but i, I think you got to go with it's Alex. such an interesting conversation because it's very 2019 football isn't it yeah because uh, i mean when you were playing it which wasn't that long ago you just want a goalkeeper that can make saves. You want yeah. a Peter Schmeichel. I think you right? want. A, you want I think the word that, Edwin Vandersar. The, like, the word that comes to mind is you want a presence back yes, there. Yes, a hundred percent. But now you want someone who's almost like that eleventh player on the field. And and Westberg, no doubt, when he's on the ball, you're extremely confident in the way that the team's going to build. And perhaps Terry, this also indicates his lack of uh, maybe confidence in that back four, being able to build out of the back without having someone like Westberg to help them to create space and build fluid, uh, flu- more more fluidly. Yeah, and, and, and you go I, back, I, when you go back to, to, to 2017 when, when TFC won the MLS Cup, they, they didn't really play out of the back. That two off, that back three didn't really set attacks nope. up like the team is right now and, and he could go back to front a little bit and at the start of the year Alex Bono was trying to pick passes he was trying to pick play his way out of the back and, and to be honest more times than not he found the stand yep. uh, and, and, and I think that that's a big part of that that holds obviously a lot of weight in, in Greg's criteria of who his number one is. And, and and I love Alex and it's a great option to have, honestly. But he, here it is. If, if if Alex Bono is gonna be your number one goalkeeper, do you know who's dropping deeper and deeper and deeper? Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley will be dropping straight between Gonzalez or Mavinga or Moore or whoever it is, and he's going to be playing from a much deeper lying position because he's the outlet. He's the guy that wants to come back and take control if he's not confident in the players around him that they're going to build the way that he wants to at the tempo he wants to. I just think that Westbrook gives you that extra texture, and I understand why Greg Vanny is going to stick with him. So at least I'm for not, the time I'm being. I'm not convinced. Okay. I'm Great not to convinced. Be. Let us know at Gareth Wheeler, at Terry Dunfield, at Terry underscore Dunfield, I should say. It's the biggest debate that I believe that TFC fans are having right now, which kind of moves right into the next topic. And th- we can actually relate and you know this what to the game. Too, last thing I'd say is, yeah, go is ahead. Greg's not afraid to make a big decision. And we saw that with Potsuelo. So he'll do what he feels is best uh, for the team collectively and not the individual. And, and that's what's interesting here. Because I asked him yesterday, do you know who your best 11 is? On your team, like, do you, like, you're playing one game, playoffs this year, one and done. Do you know what your eleven is? And he's like, well, I don't really have a best eleven. I have a best fourteen. It, it, it kind of, it's about who's healthy, who's fit on the day. Um, oftentimes, changes are being made, and players are coming in and out, and fans aren't privy to it because one player might be nursing a knee injury. Like Arrow, for example, had to come out of that game in New England, which people don't know, didn't have the context on the broadcast, just the way that it's done now, where the broadcasters aren't live there in the stadium. You're not privy to everything that's going on. When KJ's 
field side in Toronto, he he knows if Aro's coming off and he's hurt. It's just the nature of the broadcast now. So people are questioning Greg about the moves that he makes, although he's doing it for very specific reasons. But when it comes to a best 11, he believes he has a best 13 or 14 now. And much like 2017, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, Terry, he believes that they're flexible and they can play in different combinations in different ways like they did in that MLS Cup year. The, the one thing I will say that's different is he has no Javinko and no Vasquez who are automatic starters when fit. On this team, you have a lot of different types of players and for me, fewer um, players that you can just pencil into the 11 each and every game. So how do you look at the best 11, the team that we saw on Saturday, obviously no Altidore, uh, and uh, no Moro through injury, but what do you make of the options that are available to him? And are you convinced that there's a best 11 or is there really a best 14 or 15 here? Uh, I'd say there's 14, 15. I, I, I agree with, with what Greg's saying and, and what that's led to, and, and I've seen a fair bit of first team training recently is really competitive first team training sessions. And, and it's leading to big time performances come Saturday because players know that they need to perform. Otherwise, someone's going to come in and take your spot. Look at Saturday. That's more comes into it wasn't in the 11. Moro, Altidore, Jonathan Osorio. So you add those four on top of that 11. Maybe Alex Bono. There's 16 players. Add Schaffelberg. I'd say he's in the next tier as well. Endo's been excellent since he's been giving opportunities. So so I'd say now it, it is 100% a competitive squad. So it's I, I, I mean it's it's a competitive 11. We saw it with Potsuelo. If, if you're not hitting the levels that you should hit, you're going to be taken out of that team. And it's not time now to, to you're picking your best team to win games. And what I'm, I, I think the shape can kind of naturally organically change a little bit, whether it's a back three, whether it's a back four, whether it's a four, one, four, one, whatever it might be. I think the identity is not changing. And we saw that on Saturday that TFC, I'd say that their identity is fixing the opposition to one side to play for the weak side. And the goal was not random. You and did a great job breaking that down on the broadcast, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. But, in the but it, it, and, and and that's what, as a coach, what you've worked on all week in training is now coming out. And uh, I I think that the team is is in a fantastic spot, and, and maybe that is what's going to save Westbrook. And, I just and, had a note. Go ahead, Jerome. To uh, Terry's uh, point, just because I was on the road with the team and we were covering throughout, the, you mentioned a lot about the training that goes on before. It's something that a lot of fans don't get to see. What the consistent message that was going on pre-game and carried through even in the law, uh, in the tie afterward was just take the energy that we were, uh, had from practice throughout the week and bring it in. They were going the intensity that was there was brought out onto the field itself. And even though there was the disappointment of the one-one, like one thing that they carried through was they just love the mentality on the team at the moment. Sure, and, and Greg said this like there's been four consistent halves of football from the team and it's not just the way that they're playing which you illustrated very well terry it's how he wants the team playing and this is what dictates selection and the reason why some players are playing over others he wants to play fast he needs pace in this team and how many times do you, he he wants pace and he wants players that are connected but the one thing that he wants and he was even mentioned this about erickson gallardo who was he was raving about the way that he's kind of stepped up and stepped in both from an attacking and defensive perspective he's like the one thing i want him to do is like hit the end line a little bit more 
get a little bit deeper. So th- there's still an evolution among this group. But when he brings in a Nick DeLeon over a Jonathan Azorio, all you need to do is be around here. Perhaps we, we people like me just need to do a better job um, articulating it. He loves the way that De, De Leon runs, like how he, he's direct, how he runs with pace. And sometimes that can benefit when you have a Pozuelo who plays in a much different way. So it's about making sure that these pieces come together and they all connect in the right way and you come up with the right combination right now. That's the tough part. Yeah, it's, it's almost team chemistry within the team and, and setting up your whether it's your right side or your left side or units, that the, 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 the familiarity and, and the combination is right. And mm-hmm. uh, whether whether having Osorio and Pozuelo is a little bit similar and De Leon's ability to run in behind just g- gives the team uh, a, a different look and, and, and now all of a sudden what it's doing is it's getting the team into better spots and uh, you know the relationship of Larea and Gallardo's on paper is very vertical it's not a great one that's maybe why Auro's playing fullback when Gallardo plays ahead of him I love Moro in behind Benazay so he can overlap him and Benazay can come in and yep. combine I think Pozuelo needs runners around him I, I, I don't think he needs players that he can combine when, when Josie Altador drops deep De Leon running in behind is very important. And, and and then I think now, finally, you've got consistency at the back. We finally found a partnership, which is kind of keeping more out from the outside looking in, in Mavinga and Gonzalez that's solid. And 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 the and you talk about energy, Jerome. Look at take a look at Michael Bryant, the look in his eye right now. It's incredible. And it, and it's making player his energy and, and engagement is, is almost infectious to the players around him right now. Right. Uh, we have so much to get into. Um, it's a great conversation. Yeah. Um, I want to get into Toronto FC's goal because it was textbook to the what co- you were... The one called back? We're going to talk uh, well, about we'll, that? We'll get, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get into that, obviously. Uh, but let's talk about the goal that that was inevitably scored. And it was the substitute, Nick DeLeon, playing a great ball in behind the back line. But it all started from TFC's own end and Michael Bradley switching the play out to DeLeon. Yeah, it, it was a great move. And the, the one thing that stood out for me on that was when the ball got to Nick DeLeon, I was like, oh, I, like... This is where we want a quick winger. This is where we want Schaffelberg to get to the byline. Or you want Gallardo on it. Or you want Ryan Giggs on it. You want, <laughs> you want pace because he's got like time and, 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 and uh, like a time edge on the back line. But it comes to Deli on and his qualities are a little bit different. He he he's, he's definitely has a couple yards of acceleration. But he doesn't have the top speed to get to the byline that Vanny was talking about with Gallardo. So it comes to him and I'm like, oh no. And then he plays. His quality was incredible to like feather it in behind the back line, run from deep on the left hand side. Delgado was never going to go two for two, <laughs> <laughs> never. But Mark, it's actually a really good save from a, Turner. Yeah, I, I think he kind of clips his shoulder, and then Benize uh, nips it in on the line, and it, it, it's what TFC deserved. But here's the thing with Deleon, which I liked, and sometimes it doesn't have to come in pace. He kept that run direct. Like, some players would bring it out way to the right-hand side, but he stayed very narrow. And I think that that kind of made that goal. The fact that he stayed engaged and didn't bring it to a passive position. It's quite interesting. And he took a couple shots from distance as well. He probably should have passed. So there was always the threat of the shot as well. Good point. Yeah, he scored early. Was it Philly away from distance? Mm -hmm. First game of the season? He scored like five goals in the season. Uh, do, Do you remember about... 
just to your point, it was kind of interesting. Maybe two months ago, I went to LAFC yep. for, for a week, which was an incredible experience and had three hours, three, four hours with Bob Bradley in the afternoon just talking soccer. Man, that was intense. But he was talking about what you just said, that point of being too wide. And, and when you're really wide, you're actually 50 yards away from the yes. goal. So you still have a lot of real estate to make up. And if you look at all the goals, say Man City are scoring right now, or from that kind of inside channel run, where they're kind of getting to the byline just outside the six yard box, or crossing from where Deleon did from for that goal. the sideline of the 18 and in. Yeah, that like. inner channel. And, and I think that's what one of the ways the game have evolved. Rather, yes, you want to make that pitch extremely big, but almost those underlap runs that you see Raheem Sterling making all the time, those are the ones that are really penetrating teams. Totally, totally with you. So, great ball. Nicholas Benazé, first goal of, we hope, many for Toronto FC. But honestly, how many sensational misses. Like, God bless Richie Larea. Um, I fully expect him to start for the Canadian men's national team. He runs past and around defenders. That run from his own end, marauding, was was simply incredible. But boy, oh boy, if I'm Greg Venny, the coaching staff, I just put him up with the strikers shooting practice for you, son. Because he does all the work to get there. And it's not just this game against New England. It's so many other games. He does all the hard stuff. And then the easy part, well, I guess scoring goals is never easy. But you know what I'm saying, Terry. Just finish it, son. Yeah, my, my advice would be just fall over in the box. <laughs> Try to get a penalty. Well, VAR, you know. <laughs> no, he, he couldn't finish his breakfast right now. <laughs> he's, uh, he's incredible how he gets himself into great spots and even if the timing of his run isn't great where he can put a cross in or get a shot off once the opposition have now recovered and they're set he's so good he's like he's like like a like he's wriggly like he yeah. just kind of creates half shifty. a yard he's shifty he can go either way and and now he's kind of got that reputation of being good 1v1 so defenders are actually sitting off him a little bit and and he's taking advantage of it for fun and if he can add a final product to that oh. man you're talking about yeah. a big dog player that we've picked up for nothing yeah there was the and he's local too he grew up five minutes away from where we are right here incredible um Pozuelo and Mullins had a little bit of a mix-up inside the 18. Like, look, this game should have been put to bed. Yeah. Like, honest, it, 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 and and I mentioned the really good Westberg say, but there was enough really good TFC chances that were created that they should have had a much more comfortable lead. Look, that that's a game where you miss Altidore. And I asked Greg if he felt feels like he's uh, he has enough goals in the team, uh, and he said yes. After Altidore, though, who is your next most reliable goal scorer on this team? I, I think we've been really lucky to see that Javinko Altador, you know, one-two punch over the years. And still a lot of teams around Major League Soccer, if it's not option A, it's option B. TFC after Altador, it drops back a little bit, Terry. There's no denying that. Yeah, Pozuelo 9-24. and 24, And I, th I think I summed it up uh, after the broadcast saying, you know, one thing I'm liking about TFC right now is it's no longer at the start of the year. It was the Pozuelo show. Sure. Everything was around him. And, and it was almost the, the if I'm one of the opposition coaches, it almost got to the point, stop Pozuelo, you beat TFC. Mm -hmm. and, and and now all of a sudden there there's 
the attack has different dimensions to it. But but the pure objective information of goals and assists that Javinko and Vasquez brought to the team, those haven't been replenished yet. Mm-hmm. And 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 that could be a concern one hundred percent. I think Benize has quality. I think Gallardo will, will set up goals, but I, I think TFC need Mullins to score five or six goals to, to, now to the end of hopefully the playoff run. I'm touching wood, or or whether it's Delion contributing, uh, like like I guess he can, uh, but but it's but but that's if you just look at pure numbers, Osorio just four goals this season. I know it's one in five. That that's not too bad from from midfield, but it's uh, it's it's a concern for sure. Right, um, and that's why Altador's health is all important. I spoke to Josie. Um, Look, he went. He traveled to New England. It was just one of those things where um, it's just a mi- mild thigh issue that could have got worse if he wasn't given the rest. But now he has ten plus days to rest up and build this week. He's expected to play, and he expects to play this weekend in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I put myself in Eltador's big shoes. Probably what went through his mind is maybe he's got one or two niggles. He's played a lot of football since coming back from his injury. And the frustration of maybe picking up a hamstring or any kind of small kind of, I don't want to say deficiency, any strain or anything that's niggling at you a little bit is definitely highlighted on that turf. Right. And, and he well, probably, he's got turf this weekend he, in Cincinnati yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and he probably was just like, look, I'm... I could suck it up, but the upside maybe isn't worth the downside right now. And yes, you want all your best players playing. You want the consistency of playing with Josie, but um, maybe he just went to the medical staff and said, look, I I, I need to look after my body here. Right. Uh, Well, as far as I being told, and I understand it was a a mutual decision between the the medical staff and and Altador. Altador wanted to play, but it just wasn't worth the risk. One area I'd like to see a little bit more contribution talking about goals, and, and I know you've now got Omar Gonzalez, who's a man mountain. Set piece. His set pieces. They TFC, need to be a little the, bit better. Yeah, at the moment, TFC, and there's lots of quality on the delivery. Just just don't look like scoring, if I'm honest. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, the other absentee, Justin Morrow's got a quad issue. Greg Vanny calls his participation tenuous uh, for the weekend. That, to me, suggests he's going to be out. Uh, might be out midweek against New York as well. I don't expect J-Mo to be playing, which means there's a decision to be made this weekend what to do with the fullback position, Terry, because uh, Richie Lorea is off with the Canadian men's national team. Uh, here we go again. MLS not abiding by the... You know the international fixture list where you play through these international windows. Uh, so no Lorea, no Fraser, no Osorio. But Lorea is a big miss considering that JMO's out. So what do you do? You have Aro who's gonna play. Ashton Morgan is a little bit wobbly right now. You may have other options to bring back to play fullback. I don't think Greg wants to change formation, but that's where we are this weekend. They're they're going to be thin at the fullback position. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a tricky one, and um, they've got a couple of really good wingers. Cincinnati, Ledesma, Lamar, uh, Cruz will drift out there. Mane suspended. He picked up a red card in the last game, uh, but but I think that's going to be an important decision to make. And at the moment. Uh, I don't think Greg trusts Ashton Morgan. Uh, and, and in years past, Greg hasn't really wanted to play players out of position, and, and he'd play the natural fullback. So I, at, at this stage, uh, I don't see our uh, 
Ashton maybe getting the nod, which is will be difficult for him to, to swallow. And all he can do is, as I said before, is, is train well. Maybe he'll get some time with TFC too to to buy some trust back. But uh, I, I, you know, maybe I wouldn't want to break up that center half partnership of Mavinga and, and slide him out there. So probably Auro goes out there. Well. Here's a name to look out for in a player that can play that position. I think there'll be some real talk about it this week. I'm not sure if it will play out, but Nick DeLeon has played right back. He played right back over the course of his career at DC United. He's gone back and played that position a little bit for Toronto FC in glimpses, but not in a big spot like this um, on the weekend. So he could be an option at that, at that right back position. You continue to play Aro on the left side. That that's that's a one potential move. I just I can't see um, the other thing you could do. The other thing you could do is go to a back three and 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 just sort of say, look, the due to international call ups, injuries, uh, you know, maybe that 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 that's the best solution. And and as he talks about his principles and identity, really shouldn't change in that system. But playing a back three, uh, almost unless it turns into a back five, almost. Unless, unless it's very aggressive, there's a lot of area out wide, and, and Cincinnati is are quite good down well, the flanks. Well, the, the good news for TFC is FC Cincinnati's an awful team. Not just that, uh, they're missing a couple key players. They're missing four players through international duty, including Alan Cruz, who's one of their top attacking players. Yeah. Kendall Waston at the back, he's gone with Costa Rica. Uh, Elvis Powell and Derek Etienne. So those are four players. And I think the first two are more important than the latter two. Etienne's, he's not a bad piece. The Haitian used to be at New York Red Bulls. And and it's just one place when you go to Cincinnati uh, at Nippert Stadium, you don't want to let them get going. Do not let let them get their tails up. And and a a good start is going to be important. Um, Let's go to the Wheeler Waste Bin. And I'm going to trunk you here because you might be putting in the dumpster as well. And I want to get into the debate you guys had on the TSN broadcast where your boy (laughs) Kelsey Bray was trying to big it up like, the world's coming to an end. I'm like, no, just they're going to have a debate. (laughs) Clearly, you guys were getting after it in studio um, where in the first half, I'm sure that you all saw it. Everyone that's listening, um, TFC Michael Bradley plays a great ball through to Erickson Gallardo. Flag stays down initially. Uh, he goes in, the goalkeeper Turner comes out, takes down Gallardo, sent off, red card comes out, then the offside flag comes up and Gallardo's flagged offside, goalkeeper stays on the field, that came in the 39th minute, would have changed absolutely the complete complexion of the game, yet you're bailed out based upon a referee putting up their flag on a very, very, very close call and not letting video assistant referee decide. Um, obviously, you and KJ had contrasting views of it. Do you want to just explain what your perspective is? Because I, I actually side with you on this one. I'm complete, I completely have your back here. You and I oftentimes get into it, but <laughs> dude, I, I could not agree with you more. So you and I both believe that the flag should have stayed down, let the red card stand or let VAR decide whether it was offside at that moment and not allow the referee to make such a difficult decision at a difficult moment. Yeah. If you put yourself in the linesman's shoes, it's a 30-yard through ball from Michael Bradley. She's a yard behind the play you can see on the TV cameras. It's a really difficult call to to, to make. And as KJ said, yes, she has lots of experience, but, you know, it's a a tough call to make. Now with, with technology... 
you don't need to make that call just let the play go through keep your flag down and then what will happen is uh, the goalkeeper turner will be sent off and TFC for 50 minutes play against a team with 10 men what the problem was with her putting her flag up is now the decision stands so her decision of she thinks he's slightly offside will never be overturned by var because it's not going to be a clear and obvious error but if she keeps her flag down technology will go back and look at it and 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 this is why technology was brought in to get the decision 100 percent right and and still now to this like he looks like he's in an onside position the TV pictures looked like he was in an onside position. So so just let technology play its role. Yeah, I, I posted the photo of the one defender who's not even KJ in the screen. KJ was raging with you. Why was he raging with me? <laughs> he's like, what's Wheeler doing? He doesn't know what he's talking like. And I'm like, it's it's obvious. Why? He's not, even, he's not even in the picture on the screen. Like, it, it, it's K- KJ's my boy. But I don't know how his argument is that she's one of the best linesmen in the league in the in the league so let her make that decision we watched a world cup where his boy howard webb gave a player three yellow cards and howard webb was an official that was deemed to be good enough to officiate a world cup final even the best referees make mistakes and this is a moment which is far too close to make that kind of call a game defining call when she kept down her flag to begin with i simply do not know how that is even just just because she's a good referee doesn't mean she makes mistakes. I, I, I couldn't believe that that was his argument. And I actually felt bad for you during the halftime segment because the guys didn't even let you talk. No. They didn't even let you get it out of your mouth. So you had to reset post-game. So uh, I, I, I felt for you in that moment, buddy. I, I, uh-huh. I really did because I felt like you were kind of being ganged up on. You weren't allowed to say your piece because they were acting upon what you already said off-air in studio before. Yeah, so, it was. It was. Is that, uh, my, is that a good read yeah, on the scenario? And you know what? It's it's great that we have debates and, and people have different opinions, and and it, and it probably made for good television. But uh, I I still think what we're both saying is right, and and uh, you know whether it's the the linesman or everyone kind of gets stuff wrong every once in a while. I don't know why you get mad at me for posting a, like an accurate... I slowed it down <laughs> as much as I could. That's the best camera angle. Not yeah. that one from bef- from no. behind, which was like... And then the other thing, too, you'd say is even if it's level and, and, and you can't determine 100%, the attacker gets the advantage as well anyway. Th- so that, it's... That, but th- this, is my, this is my whole point of posting that picture. If we're debating and that's the best look that you have, then the linesman made a mistake by putting up her flag. If it's too close to call, you allow VAR to decide, and if it's not clear or obvious, if you either, you can't 100% tell, then then tie goes to the runner. It's like, it's yeah. tri-tested and true. You give the attacking player the benefit of the doubt. I don't get this mindset where you were trying to get rid of attacking moments and goals in, in the game of football today. I just, yeah. I, I chucked that in the, in the, in the, in the dumpster. I just don't get it. Because I built like a... A pack on Michael Bradley. I thought Bradley was exceptional in the first half, and I, I didn't think anything like that big a deal of this decision. It was just going to be we'll show five Michael Bradley plays, we'll show his pass, and say to all oh, the assistant referee got this one wrong, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, we're going to have this debate. We're going to. I was like, okay, and uh, <laughs> everyone was losing their marbles, and I was just like, hang on, this is how it played out. This is why it was wrong. Yeah. Again, that, uh, that carried all the way over into New England because all we saw on our phone was just 
Christian Jack and Terry Dunfield get in heated debate over VAR gray area. We, uh, we we were excited to catch it after the fact, but I think what's fair to say, like, there's really no point in debating what actually happened there. I think the point that comes out of it is you create something like VAR for exact moments like this. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. I, I don't I just I don't get the justification. Good referee. Well, take her word and, for and, it. And <laughs> fine. And and it's not like we're debating a penalty no. or or something that's subjective. It's it's objective. You can say with you can put lines over top of the broadcast and you can see whether Gallardo's onside or offside. And he looks onside to me. And I said that in the broadcast. And for for whatever reason, the lineswoman puts her flag up. And 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 to be fair, unfortunately, by putting her flag up I, I know i'm repeating myself that totally takes technology out of the play because there's no way you can say that it's a hundred percent clear and obvious that she got it wrong all right uh your top red of the week is michael bradley okay what are you saying what want to explain a little bit or just leave it at that just yeah I, i'd say he has that playoff swag to him right now he has that look in his eye uh and and he's had it in training and uh he he's just he's he's putting out fires before they stop he's he's unbelievable in transition in our attacking organization he's creating numbers up in the right areas decision making on the balls been excellent and uh man he's leading by example uh, I'm going to go with Richie Larea. Nice. Uh, not only for his performance, I thought he was outstanding. I think he's your first choice right back, but also the fact that he's got the call up to the Canadian men's national team. Terry Dunfield and myself will have the call of the Canadian men's national team at BMO Field Saturday night, 8 p.m. The unfortunate side of things are that TFC plays Cincinnati at 7.30 on Saturday It's night. nightmare scheduling. Oh, <laughs> I know it's... And, and I, yeah, it's, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm that something needs to change. We'll into, get into that. Like we, I, this argument has been talked about and debated over and over and over again. I don't want to go there in our limited time. It was kind of interesting. So Bill Manning has an all staff meeting once a month, and all the departments uh, in the TFC family come together yesterday. And he said, "Right, well, if anyone wants to go to the Canada game, I've got tickets." But basically, saying you should probably be watching TFC. You can stream. <laughs> you can stream. It's on One Soccer, so you stream it on your phone, stream it on whatever device, bring it out, so you or, or you watch the game live, and then or you can stream on on on, on uh, TSN's app. Yeah. So if you want to lose your job here, ask Bill Manning for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're supporting Oso and Liam yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 Richie. It's going to be a big night, um, and we'll see. It just shouldn't conflict. It's it's it's. If not Canada great. pace Cuba, like I hope. Hope that there might be, and they should. I hope there might be some leniency. Um, maybe saying, "Look, if TFC's in crisis at fullback, to to let Richie." I will, come here's back. what I'd say: is if the games were the other way, if the away game was first and TFC were comfortable away from home, then I think John would go, "Okay, maybe you could have Lorea back or Asoria, whatever piece you need, Liam." Uh, but the fact Cuba's a tough trip to go. Some of these Concacaf they're, places they're playing away Grand from, Cayman. They're playing yeah, Grand Cayman. So. The, but but playing kind of in, in 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 different kind of climates away from home. It's it, it's not um, it's not as straightforward as, as playing at home in Toronto. We'll have that called next week. And by the way, Terry and I will not be going to the Cayman Islands. So oh, have you already got the email? I tried. <laughs> I tried, buddy. I tried. Um, other than that, before we get to the high five, Vanny said secretly, well, I guess it's not so secret. 
he does this, his guilty pleasure is going through the teams that they're up against in the table and looking at their remaining schedule and trying to plot out what's going to happen and looking at his team and what can happen. TFC is actually in a pretty decent position despite having away games, but they have two games in hand on a number of teams around them in the table, and he believes that they can climb up to potentially fourth place, which would mean home field advantage in this new MLS playoff format. Is that wishful thinking, Terry, or are you kind of with that, Coach, here, that they can jump over New England, New York, and D.C. United into that four spot where right now they're four points behind D.C. with two games at hand? Yeah, Robin Fraser did the club a huge favor going going into New York and stuffing the Red Bulls uh, with Colorado. Uh, D.C. had had a big result on the weekend. Uh, I, I I think this is New England had one loss in fifteen, uh, so so that was a good point where TFC deserved more. Uh, Montreal, the the coaching change doesn't look like a good one right now. Uh, Orlando's four points behind us, uh, and we've got a game in hand. I think the biggest thing I take out of the table is is it it's definitely in our own hands. We still need to take care of our business, but we're looking up rather than kind of sideways and behind us. All right, uh, we'll. See See, this weekend in Cincinnati would be a huge step. A should win game for Toronto FC on the road. I feel like we've been there, done that before. Uh, Time now for this week's high five. High five. And this week's high five is our top five mistakes that we've made. Everyone makes mistakes. Hey, the assistant referee, she made a mistake, as did Quentin Westberg on Saturday. So we're going to fess up. Uh, some of the mistakes that we've made in life. Where do I start? I know. There is so ma- I was like writing down my list. I'm like, I got to stop. I'm being way too hard on myself. So five, I don't even know if these could be the top, top five, but the five mistakes or five mistakes that we have made in life. Jerome, you want to end on this one too? I got a list. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Uh, Terry, do you want to start this uh, Start this off? Yeah, uh, no problem. Uh, my, my list is like a scroll. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's, 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 it's like the new New Testament of the Bible. Also, like, when you start going through it in your mind, you have to start filtering. Like, it has to be a safe for pod list. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, yeah. I have one that's debatable. I wrote right. it down anyways. Okay. All right. You know, Brandon's going to be listening. Oh, she will. <laughs> she never listens to this. Um, so my first one was, and my dad didn't talk to me for five years. What? We like tore up the family for me to have an opportunity uh, to become a professional soccer player and moved to Manchester to play for Man City. And everything was going to plan, came to the academy, played for the reserves, played for the first team, signed a new big deal. And then Kevin Keegan comes over and comes in and brings is given money to spend and basically signs Al Berkovich, Nicholas Anelka, some big players come in and I kind of drop down the pecking order a little bit. I go on loan to a team called Barry in Manchester that actually just went out of business and uh, I go there and I just love playing again. I love being a mm-hmm. big fish in a small pond and uh, the manager there, Andy Morrison and Andy Priest, former Man City guys, are just in my ear all the time like we want you, we need you, come play for us. I've got three years left at Man City, the loan deal comes up and uh, they did enough where I actually went into Kevin Keegan I said listen man I, I want to go play for Barry and even saying now it's like are you kidding me uh, and left a three year deal to just kind of like prove everyone wrong go to Barry and like help them hopefully go through the divisions and uh, and eventually 
that led to a really bad injury, habits changing. And uh, I, I'm not saying I would have played 200 games at Man City, but that for me was uh, one I'm still living with now. And, yeah. and, and it's still, you know, I use that as uh, fuel to, to hopefully be the best broadcaster or best coach in the land and, um, and, and to, to, to get back to the top. Good one. A really good one. It it's, really, it's probably, it's probably uh, also therapeutic to get that out. It was. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I don't God. think I've told many people that. My soccer so. mistake story is nothing like yours. I think no, I, I don't have any... I, it's, I, I don't go nearly as share, heavy, but go for it. I do have a... Like, um, my first game for uni, I yeah. like rookie year. By the way, m- this team, my first year team's being inducted into the Western Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, what? In with, yeah, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer, bro. Hoff, I am hosting the, the event at the end of the... And you're hosting. Yeah. Both. Induction slash hosting gig. Nice. Um, but my first game that I ever played for Western, it's difficult when you come into a top team or the top-ranked team in the country as a rookie. And uh, I didn't play the first two two games of the season. I didn't even dress for the second one. So there was a big fright. It was my first, like, couple weeks of school, the frosh parties. So I, we were playing the next day, and I just went out and lit it up on the Friday night. I get on the team bus, and we're playing Waterloo. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what a this. night. <laughs> and then... The coach like has it all together. He's like, "All right, here's my eleven. So and so, so and so, so and so. Wheeler." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I was starting. I felt bad that I was hung over for my first ever CIAU game. We I, we ended up coming away with a clean sheet, a two nothing victory. We won the. We won the national championship that year. This is my other mistake that I made. I was young and naive. I thought this is easy going out winning championships. I didn't bother getting a championship ring, and I still don't have one because I thought I'd win one year after the year. You're and a we never won now, it again. What? I went to the national championships two other times and never won. So no ring and being good hungover. story. So there how'd you the go. game go? Do you know we won that game? And and I, I played well. I played yeah. ninety, dude. I played ninety, reeking like a brewery, but. Uh, yeah, played, uh, played ninety. Let's let's fire through these, Terry. Okay, uh, next one for me. I just touched on it. My injury that I got at Barry. Uh, so I trusted in their doctors to do my uh, rehab and surgery. Uh, it looks like I've had a shark attack on my knee. Ended up having to come back to Vancouver uh, to, to get a second rehab and was out of the game for two and a half years. Wow. And, and that should never have been the case. Is like Dr. Nick from The Simpsons? Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, Hi, everybody. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I never took another minute for, for granted out on the, whether the training pitcher game. But Jerome, we're going to save your list for last because we got to fire through this. Terry's got to Go to a meeting. Um, mine's not meeting Sir Alex Ferguson when I had the chance. He's my hero. I flew back, landed from being away for 43 days in South Africa covering the 2010 yeah. World Cup, and I got a call. Sir Alex Ferguson was on off the record, and they're like, come on up and meet him. But I just landed. My girlfriend, Brenna, just moved uh, moved us into a new house. I'd never seen it. So instead of going oh. to meet my hero I went home and was like the good boyfriend and I was exhausted in fairness of like the travel back yeah. but I had the chance to meet him and I don't know Sir, if I ever will have the will, chance you will I hope so uh, Three. my next one uh, I was playing for the Vancouver Whitecaps and I was a captain at the time it was awesome and uh 
Tommy Sowen, who was our GM, had taken over as manager, and he dropped me for a game. And I was like, what the heck? I don't get dropped. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) what an idiot. Anyway, we got a penalty, the game. So I come off the bench against Columbus Crew, and there's a penalty. And remember the center forward Camillo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had like 10 goals in his first nine games, had the ball, and I go up to him, and I just take it. And uh, to just show, like, I'm the man here. I should be taking uh, penalties. You're Paul Pogba. I put it down, and then I'm like, oh, shoot, look around. What have I done? It's like, I look up at my dad, and he's shaking his head. And <laughs> I was so in over in my head. Anyway, I missed oh. the penalty, and the next week I got traded to Toronto. Oh. <laughs> Which was a good thing, because you ended, ended up, up here. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one still haunts me to this day. Terry and I are calling the inaugural season of the Canadian oh. Premier League, and I get the first goal scorer's one. name wrong. <laughs> I like... I. Honestly, I, I love you, man. It was in the first three <laughs> minutes of the game, and I couldn't believe what that I got it wrong because I looked down, and this guy Cyrus Rolex was playing on the inside. The ball was turned over in the middle of the park, and he was right there. Then all of a sudden, and, and we are you're high up in Tim Hortons Field. There was you're a like glare the on clouds. the field, and I, and then I was like, Tim Rolex, oh memories, and it's like, oh shoot, it's Ryan Telford. <laughs> I was like. Anyway, you learn from your mistakes, but I hate that that happened. But there's nothing you can do about no, it. No, just crack nothing on. You can do uh, so after TFC, I, another injury that kind of <laughs> led to like waving. And it was kind of a cool. This is the Terry Dunfield uh, Bears. Uh, off. I love this. I actually, it was kind of cool. So I was 31 here, and, and Ryan Nelson pulled me in his office and said, look, we need your cap space. You're going to need surgery. You're going to be out for three months, but you're a good guy. We love you. <laughs> good guy, <laughs> yeah, though. <laughs> you're a rubbish soccer player. No. Uh, but we'd like you to work in the academy and uh, potentially coach TFC2. And I'm like, I'm 31. I just, you know, I'm feeling, I don't know. And I never even kind of looked at that offer of maybe staying in the TFC family and wanted to keep playing. And anyway, my journey led to, after that going and training with Ingolstadt in uh, the second Bundesliga this is the big club owned by Audi and uh, it was October time and uh, I had an opportunity to sign for them but then Oldham came up which meant moving back to like in with my wife who had been away from Uh, I'm playing in Manchester and rather than kind of taking the opportunity to stay in Germany, I ended up signing for Oldham in the first division. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I would have stayed in Germany. Cool. Uh, now you drive an Audi. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> funny how things come full circle. Um, this is not as dramatic and not as interesting. I wish I bought a condo or a house in this city sooner. Yeah. Because I probably, the houses in my neighborhood, like, they're like, oh, you know, 10 years ago, they were 200,000. Now they're pushing a million. Yeah. And I bought closer to the, <laughs> to the ladder. So, yeah, that, that, that's a quick I'll make one. you feel better. <laughs> so my dad's a stockbroker and I love him. Uh, so I come back to Vancouver and I'm like, dad, should I maybe get a house here in Vancouver? And this is before everything took off. He's like, no, no, invest in gold. Oh, oh. I think gold's coming around now, though. <laughs> so, so, now. so not only did I not get the house price going up, everything went. So it was like a double swing. Right. Okay. Um, and finally, your last one. Uh, so my last, so my last ever game, I went out like Zidane with a red card. Uh, and I know this story. Yeah. So Ross on, County. Yeah. So I was on Boxing Day. We played Celtic away. Incredible. Sixty-three thousand there. You'll never walk alone. We drew nil-nil. It was incredible. And I just come off a hernia hernia surgery and it was like okay everything's back on track i'm gonna get another couple years out of this career 
But midweek, we had a game against Inverness, and it was like the Inverness Derby. So it's like, Dunfield, you're in for that. I'm like, okay. A bit like your story, not expecting to be in the team. I lasted 40 minutes. I get dragged off. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, you let me recoup and get ready. The following game, we played Dundee away. He names a team sheet in Dundee. Dunfield, you're in it. I'm like, hamstrings hanging off. I'm dying here. So I'm like, okay, just suck it up. You'll be fine. I'm, I was like, strapped my own hamstring to, so it was hung on. After four minutes, I get sent off and I never played again. Wow. Rather wow. than just maybe doing what Josie did and just being, hey, I'm not good to uh, go. A wise man once said, it's better to burn out than fade away. That's, my, that's how I roll you know, wheels. There you go. Thanks, there man. There you go. Uh, my I'm going to get that one, tattooed. A lot of people know that I've had melanoma skin cancer over the years. I don't know if this directly contributed it, but if you know me, I'm a very pale guy. Like very, very, very pale. Freckly. Freckly pale. Freckly. So the common sense, like when I was in high school growing up, and my parents played into this as well, before we went on vacation to Florida, the Caribbean, to go to the tanning salon to get a base. So I, for a portion <laughs> of my life, was going to a tanning salon. This guy going to a tanning salon. Why do I need to go to a tanning salon? It's ridiculous. Um, well, I don't so know if I it contributed, but it's so stupid in retrospect. Dumb, 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 dumb. Me in a tanning bed. I, I burnt my ass a couple times. Pretty embarrassing. So... That wasn't my R-rated one. I'll tell you about my R-rated one later. We should it do our best scandalous. moments next week. Okay, we'll do our best moments next week. Terry's going to run. Jerome, do you want to share a mistake? Just go to go okay. right to the top of your list, or I'll, you can I'll list off stuff. Rapid fire. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll I'll do a rapid fire. First one. <laughs> everything, all mine are basically lighter fare. Um, but starting off, uh, it's it's honestly the first sports mistake I can remember. I, I actually grew up playing tennis, and believe it or not, I used to be a real hothead out there. I you? used to have a short temper about you? things. So yes. I do not buy this at all. You're the most mild-mannered <laughs> gentleman I know. Well, I think this is what uh, changed it. So I remember <laughs> uh, just every frustrating moment playing tennis, I would always smash my racket. And it finally got to a point where I actually ended up breaking it. And the moment that it broke, I was absolutely devastated. It was the first mistake I ever felt in my sports life and I think it was the part that made me change my mind about, you know, controlling that temper. Wow, That's okay. what brings me here today. Uh, <laughs> second. Well, you're covering the game and not playing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, second one, okay, so you know when you have like a grade school, elementary school, birthday party? Uh-huh. Uh, I remember going to one party and uh, j- just as a background, I- I've grown up with asthma my whole life and I did I not even know that you had asthma. I did, okay. and then um, I did not really understand the grasp of it at that age, um, especially when it came to allergies and such. And at that time, I wasn't aware how allergic I was to dogs and cats, which were at the party. And so, I remember feeling it and just thinking, "Oh, all I need to do is take my inhaler, and then it would be fine." And not realizing you can only really take it to a limit. Don't just keep on taking it every time you felt bad. But in my mind, as a kid, you always think you don't want to be seen as the person who uh, leaves the party early or just everyone's going to think you're weird for it. So I stuck with it. I kept taking up my inhaler. What happens? It goes way too much. And I end up in the hospital. That's steroids, dude. That's steroids. I know. And so, uh, yeah, that was You ended up a 1980s sprinter. That's what you did, 100 (laughs) meter race. You did so much steroids. Um, But uh, yeah, it was one of those things that I remember just because it stuck with you after. Like, you know, when you're a kid, like, they just think, oh, Jerome is is super sick. Yeah, right on. Um, 
Okay, next one, uh, very quickly, my shoe collection. I love it so much, but man, that's money I'd love to save. Um, <laughs> no kidding. That is an expensive habit. Telling people in grade nine I knew I had to do an Eric Cartman impression, that was a terrible idea. I, <laughs> it stuck with me through at least grade 10 and 11. Oh, God. And finally, uh, I don't mind dragging him on this. Driving Jason Lee home that one time, you threw up in my car, you know what you did. Right. Uh, inside joke, uh, an inside move, and I do not want to know what he did. All right. That's even worse. Worse, a worse thought potentially than me in a tanning bed. TFC in Cincinnati, 7.30 Saturday. Thanks to Jerome. Thanks to Terry Dunfield. I'm Wheels. This is being Come On You Reds.